The supplement industry is a billion dollar industry, billion with a B. So how do you know what to take, if it's safe, if you should take it? If you're wondering any of those questions, this is going to be a great episode for you. So check it out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Eclectic Athlete Radio. Now, before we get started, I've been gone for a little while. I've been putting in work, making some great content for you guys. Um, I've been doing some certifications, getting edumacated. This past weekend, I did an NKT, which is neurokinetic therapy. Um, A couple weekends ago, I did USA weightlifting level one. So just, you know, trying to improve, improve my knowledge and, you know, transfer that over to you guys but another you know aspect i'm always trying to learn more about nutrition i've been reading a few different books and obviously you know it's a big part of performance and a question i get asked pretty frequently is about supplementation you know whether we need supplements you know what supplements are great for fat burning or muscle building and you know there's a lot of stigma around supplements And rightly so, because supplements aren't regulated by the FDA. The FDA is the Food and Drug Administration. And what that means is supplement companies can make claims about their products that aren't evidence-based, they're not proven. So I'm sure you've seen different, you know, pills or supplements or whatever, you know, oh, increase your fat loss by a thousand percent or increase your muscle mass or boost your IQ, you know, prevent cancer. You know, some of these claims can't be proven. And on top of that, a lot of these supplements, you know, hide the amounts or the quantities of their ingredients in their products. They use things like proprietary blends, etc., etc. Now, I want to preface this episode with saying that not all supplements are right for everyone, right? We're all unique. We have different health, different genetics, but there are certain supplements that will benefit just about everyone. So, in this episode, we're talking about the top 5 health-based supplements that will benefit just about everyone and how to choose high quality, effective, and safe products. All right, so I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, my grandpa lived to 100 years old and he didn't take any supplements. And actually, my grandpa was about 92. My grandma was about 91. They actually didn't take any supplements. And some of you are thinking, well, you know, supplements are just, they're not natural. I don't want to put something like that in my body. Yet, you know, we don't think twice about the food we eat, which contains a lot of artificial ingredients, preservatives, toxins, pesticides. We don't think twice about the medication our doctors are giving us, painkillers, you know, blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication. You know, we don't think twice about, you know, things for our stomach, acid reflux. And by the way, I'm not giving you medical medical advice. Um, you know, definitely listen to your, your health professional. And, you know, I truly believe that medicine or food is the best medicine. Um, but even if you're doing all the right things, you're exercising, you're eating whole natural foods, non-GMO, organic, it's not enough in today's time. We have toxins in our water. Again, we have pesticides in our food, pollutants in the air. And just from a food perspective, the soil 
that we grow our crops from is not the same as the soil our you know grandparents are used to. Um, certain agricultural processes or practices um, they've depleted the soil of nutrients. Things like monoculture farming. Um, you can go ahead and look that up. Essentially, what that means is, you know, continuously growing the same crop. And I'm not an ag expert, but that's my understanding of it. You're constantly growing the same crop. You're not giving um, the soil time to regenerate um, nutrients. Um, so we're just depleting, you know, the soil of nutrients. And subsequently, our food, you know, even if it's organic, it's not containing the same amount of nutrient density as it used to right so i do believe that you know if you can get all your nutrients from foods you know more power to you i think you should you know try to do that and i think there are a lot of plant medicines and you know spices and herbs that also contain a lot of medicinal products or you know um, content but in a sense you know our grandparents also use those herbs and spices so i guess you can kind of you know see you know look at those as supplements but anyway my point is even if you're doing all the right things you still might be deficient in certain nutrients now the only way to know is to get blood work done so this is where you go in to your doctor get blood work done get tested see if your health is optimal now again this episode is mostly about health-based supplements and ones that we're commonly deficient in. And that is going to lead us to our first supplement, and that's magnesium. So magnesium is super critical for our body, right? It helps us absorb calcium. It helps energize our brain, improve digestion, strengthen our bones, and even improve sleep. And there are foods that are high in magnesium, so dark chocolate, almonds, cashews, leafy greens, and avocados, right? Some fish as well. But again, even if we're, well, if we're eating those foods, then we might be okay in magnesium, but a lot of us aren't eating all those, you know, nutrient-dense foods. You know, when's the last time you had salmon or mackerel or avocado, right? We're just not getting enough of it in our diet. So if you aren't a magnesium supplement might be, um, you know, warranted. Um, it's important to take note of what kind of magnesium you're taking because, again, a lot of supplement companies will use cheap um, ingredients. So even if the actual nutrient is necessary, even if it's effective, um, they'll use, you know, cheaper alternatives. So what you want to look for is magnesium that's bound to something called a chelate, right? So these are other... Um, amino acids or other compounds that they're bound to to increase its absorbability. So something like magnesium glycinate, magnesium threonate, citrate, lysinate. They all have different properties and they're all kind of unique, but those are all high quality sources. Now there are cheaper ones like magnesium oxide or magnesium carbonate, and those are the ones you want to stay away from. So again, those are cheap alternatives. They're not very absorbable. Those are the ones that you see on the shelf of like a Safeway or something, right? You see it in a, as part of a multivitamin, and we'll get to multivitamins later on. But making sure that you have those good, um, high-quality magnesium. 
Now, if you're going to be taking it, you want to aim for about 200 to 400 milligrams per day. Um, personally, I like to take it before I go to sleep. It helps with calming my nervous system and, again, um, increasing sleep quality. One thing you want to look out for, though, with eating or consuming magnesium is not taking too much because it does also aid in digestion. So if you take too much, let's just say that you'll want to have a bathroom close by. Okay, moving on, fish oil. Now, this is another popular supplement that's taken frequently. Um, There's a lot of, you know, a lot of commotion about fish oil and whether it's good for you or not. Um, You can find it pretty much any grocery store. Um, And it's, it's actually a supplement that does have a lot of health benefits. For example, taking fish oil has been shown to reduce levels of cholesterol, improve symptoms of arthritis, reduce blood pressure, and tons of other benefits. And the reason behind that is due to its omega-3 fatty acid content. So omega-3 fatty acids include DHA, EPA, which are found in animal products, and ALA, which is found in plant products. And there is a distinction between those, which I'll get to in a second, but Omega-3 fatty acids are really important for the body. They affect communication between cells. They regulate hormone production, improve cognition, etc., etc. And another reason they're so important is because they're a central nutrient, which means that we have to get them through our diet and we can't produce them in our body. So natural sources of omega-3s are sardines, anchovies, and tuna, mackerel, wild salmon, halibut, and trout. So these are small, um, you know, cold, uh, cold water fatty fish. Those are very high in omega-3s. I do want to note, though, that tuna can be high in mercury, so that's something to look out for. Now, if you're not eating fish, and these specific types of fish, three to four times a week, you're probably low in omega-3s, and a fish oil supplement would probably be beneficial. So what about the plant-based sources of omega-3s? There are certain plants that do contain omega-3s, such as walnuts, flax, um, leafy vegetables, and even algae is a new one that's been found. And there is a difference, though. So again, omega-3 fatty acids have all these health benefits, but they're due mostly to the DHA and EPA contents. DHA has been linked to cognitive function and cognitive development, especially in infancy. So it's really important to get that um, while you're young. And EPA has been linked more towards um, anti-inflammation and even things like depression. Now, again, you can get omega-3s from plants, but they contain something called ALA. And ALA converts to DHA and EPA, but the conversion rate in the human body is really low. It's like 1%. So if you're relying on plants as your omega-3 source, a fish oil supplement, again, might be beneficial. Now, another reason you might want to supplement with fish oil is to balance out the omega fatty acid content in our body. There are also omega-6 fatty acids, which, which are essential. But unfortunately, we get way too many of those. And the reason is that a lot of processed foods have them, fast food. You know, they're cheap to make cheap to use, um, and they extend shelf lives. So we get way too many of those, which actually increase inflammation, have been linked to a lot of negative um, you know, health consequences. So you still want to get omega-6s, but again, you want to have the proper balance. 
four to four or three to one omega six to omega three fatty acid. That's the proper ratio, but in the American diet, it's more like twenty to one or something like that. It's crazy. So again, you want to have both in proper balances, and by increasing your omega three fatty acid content or intake, you can get all those health benefits. Now, all that said, you want to make sure that the type of omega-3s that you're getting are you know, optimal for health and they're not harming your health. I mentioned that tuna is high in mercury. So you wanna make sure that the omega-3s that you're getting, the fish oil that you're getting has been molecularly distilled. So it's filtered out all those heavy metals, all those toxins like mercury. And you wanna make sure it's you know, a high quality pharmaceutical grade which means that you don't want to get your fish oil from Safeway or any other grocery store that has had their fish oil sitting on the shelves for a long time because it can oxidize, it can go rancid, and that will give you the opposite of what you want. So just to recap, you want a high-quality fish oil, pharmaceutical grade, that has been molecularly distilled. Now one last thing you want to make sure to look out for is that the fish oil is in triglyceride form and not ethyl ester form. And the ethyl ester form is just a cheaper form to make. Again, it doesn't have the same um, bioavailability, so your body can't absorb it as well. Um, and yeah, that's, those are the main things to look out for with your fish oil. Um, oh, also, on the, you want to make sure that the DHA and EPA makes up most of the fish oil in your fish oil. Because what a lot of companies will do is put 50 milligrams of DHA and 50 milligrams of EPA, which is only 100 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids, and then they'll say, oh, this fish oil has 1,000 milligrams of fish oil. And technically, they're not lying. They're just using you know 900 milligrams of low-quality fish oil and only low qualities or low quantities of the omega-3 fatty acids. So you want to make sure that EPA and DHA makes up the majority of your fish oil. Now moving on, we're going to talk about vitamin D. Now vitamin D is a very common deficiency in the U.S. because we don't get enough sunlight. Yes, vitamin D is actually a hormone produced in our body, and we require sunlight to produce it. So this means direct sunlight contact on our skin and actually through our eyes as well. An easy way to increase your vitamin D production is just go for a 15-minute walk, 15-minute walk outside, and no sunglasses, no sunscreen. And if you have darker skin, you actually need more time in the sun because the melanin kind of blocks out that sunlight. So again, we're inside way too much. We're using way too much sunscreen, SPF 50 and stuff like that. That's way too much. That's preventing us from getting the sunlight that we need and the vitamin D production that we need. And vitamin D is important for so many processes in our body. Again, calcium absorption, um, bone growth, etc., etc. And it's actually not even a vitamin. It's actually a hormone. So again, we don't want to throw off these hormone levels. Now, if you're not getting enough sunlight, you're probably not getting enough vitamin D. So you can also supplement with vitamin D. What you want to look for in a supplement is vitamin D3, which is the bioactive form. And you also want it to have vitamin K2. So that's going to increase the absorbability or bioavailability of that product. Now, there are certain foods that you can get 
high quality vitamin D in. Those are salmon, tuna, sardines, oysters, shrimp, egg yolks, and mushrooms. So mushrooms are the only plant source that has vitamin D in them. And the only distinction is that mushrooms have vitamin D2, and again, we want that vitamin D3. So that's something to take note of. Now, the only way to make sure that you actually do need a vitamin D supplement is to get blood work done. Now, you want to make sure that when you get in to get blood work, you don't just ask for a normal vitamin D test. You want a 25-hydroxy vitamin D blood test. And the difference is when you have vitamin D in your body, your liver converts it into that compound, and that is measured in your blood. So that's an active form, and that 25-hydroxy vitamin D test is what's going to measure that active form of vitamin D in your body. So you want to make sure to get that specifically. Now, again, there are many different vitamin D um, supplements out there. Um, you want to make sure that you get the appropriate one for um, your deficiency. So there, they, I've seen them go up to as high as you know 10,000 IUs, um, as low as 1,000 IUs. And again, that's going to be specific to the level of deficiency that you have. But making sure to get enough sunlight, getting those vitamin D-rich foods is going to be important. Now, moving on, multivitamins. I know at some point, you know, we used to take those gummy multivitamins or those Flintstone multivitamins, but we want to make sure that we're getting high quality nutrients in those uh, supplements. So again, even if you're eating whole foods, organic foods, natural foods, we still might be facing deficiencies, especially with trace minerals like selenium, chromium, iodine, and things like that. So a multivitamin can help you cover all your bases. Now, it's important to make sure that you're getting the proper nutrients in the proper uh, quantities. And on top of that, the uh, proper formulations of each nutrient. So these are some, um, some things to look for. In particular, with the vitamin B uh, complex, so vitamin B12, B6, B2, B9, and you want to make sure that they're in the proper um, forms. I mentioned with magnesium, you want the chelated form of magnesium, which means it's bound to some type of amino acid that makes it more absorbable. And a lot of companies, again, they kind of will use an alternative, a cheap alternative, just to pack in all those nutrients. And you look at the label and you're like, oh man, it has all these vitamins, so it's good. But again, you might be getting a cheap form that your body will just you know, flush out. So you're just you know, wasting your money on these vitamins. So with vitamin B12, you want methylcobalamin and not cyanocobalamin. Vitamin B6, you want pyridoxal 5-phosphate and not pyridoxine HCL. Vitamin B9, L5-MTH and not folic acid. Vitamin B2, you want riboflavin 5-phosphate and not riboflavin HCL. You want to make sure you're getting the trace minerals, like I mentioned, selenium, chromium, iodine, and zinc. Um, one no one thing to note with zinc, um, you also want to make sure there's copper in there, and you want them to be in the proper ratios. So too much zinc can inhibit copper absorption, and you want the ratio to be 8 to 1 or 12 to 1 zinc to copper. 
you want to make sure sometimes you don't actually want iron in your multivitamin because too much iron can be unhealthy. So only take that if you're deficient in iron. And again, be cautious of the fat-soluble vitamins, so vitamins A, D, E, and K. You don't want them in too high of doses, especially if you are getting them in um, natural foods, because fat-soluble vitamins will stay in your fat cells, and they can become toxic if you have too much of them. So make sure those quantities aren't too high. And last but not least, protein supplements. Now, I want to talk about protein, not because I think everyone needs a protein supplement, but I do get a lot of questions around it. And I find that people are usually in one of two camps. If you're new to exercise, new to fitness, if you wake up in the morning and you have a piece of toast and a banana, you're probably not getting enough protein throughout the day. Now, when I started exercising, I bought this protein and the salesman was like, you know, 60 grams per serving. That's optimal. You know, take it right after you exercise you know, I was really into bodybuilding at the time. If you're doing that, plus you're eating your chicken and rice, plus your amino acids, you know, and you're trying to eat every two or three hours, you're probably getting way too much protein. So the recommendations for protein are 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. Okay. So I'm at about 83, 85 kilograms of body weight right now. I'm not going to do the math, but that's less than 80 grams of protein. Now that seems like a really minimal amount, but essentially what you want to focus on or, or measure is how much protein breakdown versus protein um, build. So positive nitrogen balance, you know, in versus out. If you're an athlete, you probably need a little bit more, but it's still not too much. It's probably, you know, one gram of uh, one gram per kilogram or up to 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. So even then it's still not a ton of protein. The biggest things I like to make sure I do is get at least 20 grams of protein up to 30 grams of protein per meal. And then I space my meals apart by three to five hours. So I'm getting anywhere from 80 to 120 grams of protein a day. So that's way less than what most people think they need. Now, if you're dieting, it's been shown that a higher amount of protein can help spare your muscles. So that's something to take into account that may be beneficial. I also get questions about types of protein. So pea protein, whey, casing, soy, you know, it all is going to come down to your lifestyle, the taste of the protein, and most importantly, the content of the protein. So whey protein, hands down, is the best for muscle growth. It stimulates that muscle growth the most. Um, casein is a more slowly digesting protein. Um, it also stimulates protein. Both are found in milk. Um, and whey is a little bit more rapidly digesting. Um, soy protein, again, is a plant-based source. It has a good amount of, of protein in it. Personally, I don't recommend it, again, due to you know, estrogenic effects. Um, and again, that research is kind of leaning to both sides. So it's kind of up in the air, but just to make sure I kind of stay away from that. There's also pea protein and a lot of different plant-based sources. Again, I don't have too much experience with those. I know pea protein is a good source of protein. Um, there's also hemp protein, um, and things like that. As far as I know, um, hemp, uh, quinoa and pea are the 
only complete plant-based sources, I believe. Um, but if you know, if you get a mix of rice and and bean or whatever, all these other plant-based sources, that should be um, adequate to get the protein quality that you need or protein content that you need. Uh, there's also a, a factor of quality, so that's my most um, distinguishing factor uh, between proteins. So I like to make sure there's not a lot of additives in there, a lot of artificial ingredients. Um, I try to make sure I use whey protein. I've also used like goat protein and things like that. Um, I make sure that um, the quality is high. So you always want to look at the source of the protein. If it comes from um, a cow or you know whatever the source is, you know I try to make sure it's grass-fed. I try to make sure it's organic. Um, just to weed out all those, again, extra additives that can be harmful to your health. And most of all, it's just going to come down to convenience. Are you going long hours without eating? If so, a protein supplement might be beneficial. Or if you're eating meals that don't have a lot of protein in them, you might need a protein supplement. If you're going to the gym and you're not eating for a few hours later, you might need a protein supplement. So again, it's just a good way to get protein into your body, build up that muscle, and prevent yourself from breaking down muscle. So there you have it. That's my top five list of supplements that most people would benefit from. Again, I'm not giving you medical advice. Definitely consult your doctor, especially if you're taking medication. And the only way to know for sure if you need a supplement is to get blood work done. Now, again, I always advocate for eating whole real foods, but again, you might not always be meeting your target by only relying on them. So if that's the case, a supplement might be. And there you have it. That's my top five list of supplements that most people would benefit from. Again, I'm not giving you medical advice. Definitely consult with your doctor, especially if you're taking medications. And the only way to know for sure is to get blood work done. Again, I'm an advocate for getting whole, real, natural foods and getting your nutrients through there. But if those aren't helping you meet your nutrient requirements or you're just not getting enough of those foods, it might be beneficial to supplement. And my biggest takeaway from all of this is to always go for quality. Don't buy that 10-pound tub of protein or that 200-pack of multivitamins, right? Usually, companies will give you these bulk amounts and they'll just use really cheap ingredients that your body is just going to not utilize, not absorb, so you're just wasting your money. So don't go for the cheapest version of whatever supplement you're going. You know, if you're going to you know, spend money, invest money in your body, make sure it's a useful investment. And that doesn't mean that you have to break the bank to buy these supplements, but you have to find the middle ground. So always do your research, make sure it's sourced sustainably, quality ingredients. And another thing you can look for is to make sure it's third-party tested. So look for things like NSF certified or CGMP certified. These are other organizations that do rigorous testing, make sure there's no you know, illegal substances in there or that the claims are you know, validated. Now, you don't have to supplement. That's up to you. What I want to do is just give you the education so that if you do want to choose a supplement or you do want to supplement, you know what to look for, what to avoid, 
and how to get the most out of it. So that's all for this episode. This is part one of the supplements episode. In the future, I will be doing an episode on performance supplements. So stay tuned for that. But thanks again, guys, for tuning in. As always, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. You can find me on Facebook, Eclectic Athlete, or on Instagram, Jewels of Energy, Twitter, all these things. I'll respond. And if you found this useful, I would love it if you could leave some feedback, leave a review, and share it. So that's all for this week, guys. Tune in next week for another great episode. Thank you.